I believe God's able to do it. I'm thankful for him tonight. So uh, while you're standing, if you want to follow along on the screen or if you brought your Bible and want to follow tonight, Luke chapter 5 and verses 1 through 5 is where we will start tonight. Luke 5, verses 1 through 5. It says, And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land and He sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let your nets down for a draught. And Simon answered and said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And tonight, uh, I just want to talk to us for a minute from just, there's a line in verse number two, and they were washing their nets, and we're going to talk about washing nets tonight. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you and thank you for your word, for your presence. God, let us hear what you would say to us tonight, that it would touch us and change our lives and help us to be better. Lord, we're going to praise you for it. We thank you for all these things in Jesus' name, and everyone said amen. One more time, give him a hand clap of praise before you're seated. What a great God. Praise the Lord. And you can be seated, and God bless you in Jesus' name. There's sometimes that when I read, there are phrases in Scripture like this that, um, you know, and they were washing their nets. And I'm like, why is that even in there? Why did we need to know they were washing their nets? And, you know, sometimes I think maybe it just helps us to see that even in our day-to-day routine, the Lord can speak a word to us. You know, they were doing their job. This was their life. This, they, weren't, they were not sport fishermen. This was their livelihood. This is the way they uh, sustained their families and lived in this world. And, and just uh, that was part of the routine. And so uh, Jesus came and spoke to them as they were just in the middle of their average, ordinary day. It happens all throughout Scripture. David sitting on the backside of the pasture tending the sheep. And they came and told him, said, the prophet's looking for you. And he, he, he's got something for you. And on that day, David left the sheep just to, to be anointed king of Israel. And, uh, and it had been up to that point just a day like any other day. The Lord's always there to speak a word when we're uh, often when we least expect it you know he will show up and so uh, you know he said I'm coming when you least expect it too <laughs> so yes it's always good to be mindful now that uh, the Lord could show up at any time but uh, you know they uh thinking about the time they lived in and the way they fished. They fished with these nets. These, and these not being uh, just your average sport fishermen, they weren't there trying to catch a trophy. They were catching food and income. 
but the method of fishing that they used at the time, uh, if you've, we've been to Israel and we've been out on the Sea of Galilee and, and they give you a demonstration how that they used to fish in ancient times. They would throw the nets and draw them in. And, um, and it's amazing that even when it doesn't draw in any fish, it does draw in something. Because there's a lot of stuff in that water or on the bottom, depending on how shallow you are fishing, that you may pick up. And so um, this, uh, this kind of fishing, like I say, it, it can ruin nets if you're not uh, careful because dead fish, sticks, shellfish, seaweed get up in the nets and you have to clean those nets if you're going to use them. If that was your method of making a living, you're going to take care of it. A good mechanic will take care of his tools. Yeah. If, you, uh, if you hunt a lot and you have uh, guns or you hunt with a bow, or whatever, you're going to maintain what you use so that it doesn't misfire or not fire at all uh, while you're trying to put food on the table. You, you take care of your stuff. It, it'll, it's going to help you. If you do any other kind of trade, uh, any tradesman will make sure they take care of their tools. Even things in sports, uh, people who have, uh, you know, items they use for in sports, they, they, they maintain them, they keep them. Uh, people that have golf clubs, they, they clean the heads, they, they wipe them down, they, uh, they change the grips if the grips are bad. They, you, you maintain these things because you want it to always work and be done right. And, and so I was thinking, but when I read this the very first time, I thought, why is it so important to wash nets? And so I looked it up. I said, I don't know why. This was important in history. Did it mean anything, or was, or does it even mean that they were doing anything at all? I don't. I, I just wanted to know what it was. So they took these men washed the nets to take good care of them because uh, if they get stuff caught up in them, it makes it ineffective. And so there were several things that it pointed out for this time in history. It said that if they did not wash these nets, here were some of the troubles they could have. That. The nets would carry the fumes of decay. The net would begin to stink up the boat. Nets catch dead fish, mud, seaweed from off the bottom of the lake or sea. And then when they pull the nets in the boat, that debris gets into the boat. And uh, if the nets are not clean, it will begin to rot and stink. If the fish and mollusks are not cleared from the nets, then when they're uh, leave the nets at night, rats begin to come and feed on the debris, but they chew the nets as well and make big holes in the nets. Now they've got to mend the net. Um, if the net is not washed properly, the cord becomes very flimsy. It rots, makes the, the net weak, and then makes it unreliable for what they're using it for. It becomes ineffective and even useless. Now that becomes frustrating for the fisherman because he's not out there for his just his enjoyment, he's out there for a livelihood. He, you know, people say, oh, I don't care if I didn't catch nothing today, it was just a good day on the lake. Well, that gets old. <laughs> the lake's pretty, but if I'm fishing, I want to be catching too. And, uh, and they want to be catching. So if the net's not cleaned, it makes the work of the fisherman that much more difficult because the net uh, is meant to almost be invisible. Uh, and so that it will easily slide through the water when they cast it but debris will hinder the, the ease of the movement of the nest, net. And then if the debris is in the net, it makes the net more visible to the fish. Fish can see a dirty net even from a long distance because in the Sea of Galilee, it's, it's very low. 
and so there's not a lot of movement, not a lot of tide, so the water is very clear, and it makes it easy for the fish to see if there's debris hanging out, floating in the water. That's why they fish at night, so it's harder for the fish to see the nets. That's why many times they would say, we fished all night, because during the daytime, the heat of the day, they didn't fish. It was, we fish at night. It's, it, of course, it's cooler for us, but also the fish don't see the nets, and that way we're going to be successful. But it doesn't even matter if I'm fishing at night. If I don't clean the nets and they're rotten, they're about to break, we're not going to do very good. We must maintain the net. And so if that's uh, when we think about fishing in the Scripture, uh, you know, one way to look at this uh, about washing nets is uh, why would you even, Lord, why would you even bother to tell us about their maintenance of their nets? What does that, who cares, you know? But I've, I've often found that the Lord never just put anything in here just to take up lines on the page. It would be for our learning and benefit to understand even what was happening there. And in the scripture, fishing is used repeatedly as an analogy for evangelizing. Matthew 4, 19 tells us, uh, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. So we're fishermen, fishers of men. And so um, when you, you read about the apostles, we're also fishers of men. Their nets, uh, as we just read, so full that, uh, or if you would read on in that story, when they did what the Lord said, they pulled out a big miraculous draught of fish. Uh, they did that again when they saw him walking on the Sea of Galilee after he had resurrected, pulled in a great uh, load of fish. Uh, one time there were fish, just a few fish, but it fed multitudes of people. And uh, so we see in the scripture that fish are men that are brought to God by God's people. We are not just light of the world and salt of the earth. We are fishers of men. And uh, so what do the nets mean to us? What, what does that equate to in our day-to-day -day living for the Lord? Or the nets, the, the rhetoric, the language you use to talk to people. Is it the good news of the gospel? Is it, uh, or, you know, what are our nets if we are fishermen? Well, there could be any of that. It could be the, the way you talk to people or address people. It could be, of course, the gospel would come into it. But you can say things a certain way to people. And you can even say the right things, the gospel to people. But if your life doesn't line up with what you're saying, it's very ineffective. And there's one thing that I see in Scripture that over and over again, once we come to him, he wants us to make sure we... Uh, after he's cleaned us up, he wants us to do our best to stay clean, clean up our life. So what if our, uh, the, our nets are examples of the good, authentic, and righteous life that Jesus taught us to have and he asked us to have as following him? And so if, if our lives are the nets, then what's the debris? It could be anything that interferes with living that life. Greed, jealousy, lust, anything uh, that uh, would interfere with us living the best life that we can live for the Lord, that's the debris that gets on us day after day after day after day. And so we must be always conscious 
to clean our net, to wash this net. And we can uh, do that just like they were doing there. It's, it's part of being a fisherman. If you were going to be a fisherman for a living in that day and you never washed your nets, you're not going to be a very successful fisherman because your nets, the, th the tool that you use, and we think about what we say, but it's always what people see that impresses them the most. The Scripture says we are living epistles read of all men. People watch your life. If you're the light of the world, that's something that people can see. We're supposed to be examples uh, of, uh, of the Lord uh, and how he would act, of his love, of his mercy, of his grace. We're, we're supposed to be, we're the hands and the feet of the Lord. And so many times, uh, you know, we're the church, we're the body. We're something that the world can see. And we are fishermen of men. And I don't want to be ineffective. And I don't want to uh, be frustrated. And, I, you know, these fishermen, they said, uh, we have fished all night and taken nothing. But at your word, we'll go back out. And when they did, it says that they dropped their nets and they pulled in. At the, there were so many fish that the nets started to break. That's how big the miraculous drought they were getting. So uh, it's important that we find ourselves doing things that seem so ordinary I'm sure washing the net was probably their least favorite part of fishing. To sit, bent over, scrubbing dead, stinky stuff off of nets. I've been up all night. Now, it would be one thing if they said, man, we caught 400 fish last night. We was pulling them in, and they just laughing while they're scrubbing nets. But when you took nothing, stupid nets, I knew I should have traded in camels or something I was a fish I had to be a fisherman didn't I <laughs> because it's frustrating when you're not seeing results but even when they didn't catch fish they were pulling in other things and the net still had to be washed we cannot get weary in well-doing the scripture says washing the net was part of being a fisherman and keeping our life straight is part of being a fisherman, being a fisherman of men. We must live our life the way God wants us to live our life. That's what we've got to do. So what are we using? It's our life. That's, you know, because, again, you can say anything you want to to people. But if they can't see any proof of it, how are they going to believe what you're saying? You can say it, you can be eloquent, have all the big words, say it without a big, thick southern accent. You know, you can just really be fine speaking, know every scripture, chapter, verse, where to look it up, how to quote it just right. But if you're living your life contrary to what you're saying, nobody pays you any attention. You're just running people off. That's not the way the Lord meant it to be. He gave us a new life. 2 Corinthians 5 and 17 tells us that if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away, and now all things are become new. And so we need to make sure that we fit in the frame of that passage. If he's made, uh, if we have uh, become a new creature in him, then there are some things that need to pass away. 
There's some old things that need to go so that we can effectively live the new life. In Romans 6 and 4, Paul speaking to the church about uh, their experience in baptism, he said, therefore, we are buried with him by baptism into death. That like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should now walk in newness of life. There needs to be a new walk after that burial. Once we're raised up from the water and have been washed in the water, washed by his blood, there's a new way for us to live. Paul wrote to the church in Galatians, he said, I'm crucified with Christ, but nevertheless I live. I'm still, uh, I'm living in this life that I now live. It's different because I live it by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And, and then Jesus said that we are the light of the world. We are salt of the earth. Paul uh, admonished Timothy in 1 Timothy chapter 4. I'll turn there right quick. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 12, he said, Let no man despise your youth, but be an example of the believer in word, conversation. That's not just, that's not talking, that's your behavior. In charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He said, until I come, give attendance to reading, exhortation, to doctrine. That's how you keep your nets clean. That's how you keep your life. Paul tells him to be an example. Here's how you do it. You give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Don't neglect the gift that's in you that was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give yourself wholly to them so your profitable or your property may appear unto all. You've got to, that's why a double-minded man, the scripture says, is unstable in all his ways. And so, you, uh, but when we give ourselves wholly to these things, completely to these things, your profiting appears to everybody. Everybody sees something's going on in your life. So take heed to yourself, to the doctrine, continue in them, because in doing this, you'll both save yourself and them that hear you. I want to be able to make an impact on people. He's saying, Timothy, if you want to be a good fisherman, then pay attention to the new life that has been given to you. Pay attention to the walk that God has placed in your life. Pay attention to the gift that he put inside of you and give yourself wholly to these things. Because every fishing trip is going to leave you with something. Yeah, every fishing trip is going to cost you something. Those of you that do fish, it costs you to go fishing, don't it? Sometimes it can be real expensive if you accidentally drop a pole in the water or you break a $50 lure off on a log or, yeah, fishing can get expensive real quick, be very, very frustrating real quick. What would you do today? Went fishing. You catch anything? Nope. Probably ain't never going back. You know you will. But that's what you feel when you get home, when you've had a bad day, motor tore up, something broke. I fell in, snake dropped in the boat. It was just a, one of them kind of days. I think I'll just take up something else. But uh, you'll, you'll be back as soon as the weather, weather's clear. You know, you, you're going to keep going. And, and that's the thing. Don't get, get me wrong. Every day we're fishing. Every day we're casting nets with our life. And if you don't think you're going to get some stinky stuff on you, 
It's going to happen. You may feel like, man, I've been fishing all day and all night and ain't caught nothing. But there's still some residue from the fishing trip on you. Ain't nobody goes fishing that don't come home and take a shower. <laughs> because if you've been fishing, you're going to smell like you've been fishing. And when you've been uh, laboring in this world and reaching out for people and when you have to go to work and, and go to school and, and you're out in this world, the, the Lord said, we're in the world, but we're not of it. But when we get off in this world, it, that stuff wants to stick to you. Things that you've heard at work, things you've saw with your eyes, things that you've experienced, things that people have said to you, all these things uh, impact you as you're trying to cast your net. And so we, we have to wash these nets. Even when we think, well, you know, I, I didn't take anything, so, you know, I didn't catch anything. Why should I watch, wash them? Because everything else that got on you. And, if, man, if that stuff, you don't think that stuff won't affect you after a while, it will. And when you have a, when you have a rough work environment or, or you're the only one in your class that's trying to serve the Lord or you, you, know, you, you, you just go somewhere where you're just outnumbered all day long and, and, and people don't care that you say you're a Christian. They don't care. They just talk like they want to talk and do what they want to do. And, and you just have to be right there saying, Lord, cover me. I'm trying to catch these fish, but whoo, you know, and there ain't nothing like getting out of that workplace or out of that school and, and getting somewhere where I can start washing my nets, where I can start cleaning off the day, uh, so to speak. I want to get rid of that stuff, and, and uh, I've been working all day. You, you're in school. I've been toiling all semester, you know, for years. I've been doing this, and it just seems like nothing's happening, but every day, if you listen to me, you take something. And we do what we do because that's what Jesus is making out of us, fishers of men. And he expects us, once that we uh, step into this role, that we will do what he asks us to do. Because under our own steam, we may take nothing. But if we can listen to him and be obedient, we can have a miracle. Yeah. Every day. Every day. Wash those nets. It's important to wash. The word wash, washing there is a, a word that comes from a, a couple of other words. It doesn't mean to wash a person, actually. It means to wash something, like a garment or uh, you know, some item of something. And it's the same word. It comes from the word from the book of Revelation. It says that they have uh, washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. What everybody can see, those white robes, the righteousness of the saints, and they, and they can see it because they washed it in the blood. And, and that's why this word washing these nets, you got to wash them because people are going to see them. And you got to wash yourself every day. That's why it's important. You don't take a day off from, uh, from uh, the Lord. It's, it's important to wash the day away, wash the world away. Because, again, we may not be of it, but we're in it. And the smell and the decay and the rottenness will get on us. The debris of life, bitterness, anger, all these things, emotions, all this stuff can get caught up in this net. And that's all people will see if we don't wash this stuff away. We need to, it will become ineffective at being fishermen for the Lord. Because people say, why would I want what you got? You stink. 
you're bitter, you're angry, you're always fussing, you're always grumbling, you're always complaining, you're always, why would I want that? Never smiling, never happy, got no joy in your life, got no peace. Why would I think, why would you think I would want that? But, oh, if we'll just keep washing. The James 1 and 27 tells us that uh, there's a pure religion. It says, undefiled before God and the Father, visit the fatherless and widows in their affliction, and to keep ourselves unspotted from the world. Well, you know, that doesn't mean you're not ever going to get, the only way to never get nothing on you is to never go nowhere. You know, but to keep it unspotted means you can wash it. When it gets spotted, wash it. Not with soap, not with water. You wash it in prayer. You wash it in repentance. You wash it with the word. uh, But you can wash that garment again. God, forgive me. Have mercy on me. Forgive me. The Bible says if we confess our faults, he's faithful to forgive us. And when he forgives us, he just washes that garment white again. Just cleans it up again. Keep it unspotted. Don't go around with that garment spotted by the world. First Peter 1, 15 and 16, he said for us to, uh, as the one who called us is holy, so us, we need to be holy in all manner of behavior. Conversation is not just, that's, that word doesn't translate to talking to somebody else, communicating with others. It means what people see, your behavior. And then he said in verse 16, because as it is written, be ye holy, for I am holy. The Lord wants us to be holy. He called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. He called us out of places so that we could be a holy people, a holy nation, a royal priesthood. He called us out. We're supposed to lay aside every weight and sin that was so easily beset us. Those, these are things that the Lord wants us to do to keep ourselves. We're, he said, don't get entangled with the affairs of this life so you can be a good soldier of Jesus Christ who called you. You've got to not get tangled up in the world. I get caught up in the things that are going on in this life. And then um, Paul said in uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, in verse 14, just things that uh, he, he told the church now. He's writing this to the church. Don't be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. What fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion does light have with darkness? And, and what kind of agreement does Christ have with Belial? Or what part... Uh, has he that believes with an infidel? What agreement has the temple of God? That's who we are, the temple of the Holy Ghost. He said, what, what kind of agreement do we have with idols? You're the temple of the living God. As God has said, I'll dwell in them, walk in them. I'll be their God. They'll be my people. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. And I will be a father unto you. You'll be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. Having therefore... These promises, again, he's not writing this to somebody who doesn't know the Lord. He's writing this to the saints of God, to the saints of the church in Corinth. And so he tells the saints of God, those that have repented, been baptized, filled the Holy Ghost. Since we have these promises, church, let us cleanse ourselves from all filthiness of the flesh and spirit, perfecting holiness in the fear of God. You see, God didn't expect you to get it all right the minute you came out of the water. That's your new birth experience. Now you're going to be learning how to live for Him. And so there's going to be times where you're going to get 
splattered with mess and mistakes and attitudes and emotions. And you're just, oh, I'm a mess. It ain't nothing that the blood can't get rid of. It ain't nothing that his forgiveness can't remove. And so he said, for this, since we have these promises, cleanse yourself. You've got promises from the Lord, so wash yourself. Cleanse yourself from all filthiness of the flesh. You might not get it all done at one time. You might have several bad habits, and it may, you may be picking them off one at a time. Don't, just because you got baptized doesn't mean all your bad habits and thoughts went away. He just washed away the sins of the past, but now you've got to keep living. And the way we stay uh, fishermen, good fishermen, successful fishermen, is to not talk about, well, the Lord did all this in my life. Then why you live like this? How come I never, all I hear is you cussing and fussing and fighting and carrying on. And, and I never see you, you know, you never go to church and you never do this, never do that. you you got to live the life now. And people want to see that there really was a change. How can we say he changed us when we never lived like we were changed? And so he said, you're going to be perfecting holiness. In other words, it's an ongoing work. Don't get down on yourself because you made a mistake still dripping wet from the baptistry. Man, there's people that ain't got their hair dry from the baptistry and still make, dealing with stuff, making mistakes. It don't mean that nothing really happened. You've got to fight this flesh. You got, you've got to wash that net. you just got to get that stuff off of you. And so keep working on it and keep working on it because people need to see that God really is doing a work in your life. Man, uh, immediately after he gives Peter the keys to the kingdom, Peter turns around and rebuked Jesus. And right after the Lord had told him, he said, Hey, you're Peter. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church. He has to turn around and look at Peter and go, get behind me, Satan. Keys just jingling in his hand. Get behind me, Satan. Because you still favor the things of man, not the things of God. You still got some flesh problems, Peter. But, you're, but remember what I said to you at the beginning. I will make you a fisher of men. Nobody is a born fisherman. Somebody taught them how to fish. And somebody's teaching us how to fish. And guess what? Hey, you, know, you can have some good successes when you're teaching people, and you can have some very frustrating days when you're teaching people. Because if your kid throws your $300 reel out into the middle of the lake, oh, I love you, son. Woo, I do love you. Oh, you know, but you're going to be upset. But you ain't going to kick him out of the boat, make him swim back. You ain't going to say, that's it. You ain't mine no more. It might cross your mind. No, no. Listen, but that's what I'm saying is that, Lord, he knows. Yeah, he lost the reel, but that was a pretty good throw. If he can just hold on to it, man, he'll be a good caster. You know, but I, but I just have to teach him, you don't let go of it when you do this. <laughs> Hold on to it. You know, and, and that's like God's teaching us. 
Oh, he's teaching us how to approach people and he's teaching us how to get our lives in order and he's teaching us how to repent and, and not be afraid to come to him and, and he's teaching us how to how to touch people's lives and, and, and in all that process, we still have to keep ourselves in the right place. And so God didn't say, well, I'm just going to just throw them out there and see what happens. He's making us fishers of men. And I can tell you this, no matter how much natural ability anybody has, it's always better with a teacher. It's always better with a master. And that's what Peter said in that story. Because when Jesus said, hey, launch out and, and let your net down. And he said, master, we've toiled all night. But at your word, I'll let it down. He needed somebody to say, this is what you do if you want to be successful. I know you've got some ability there, Peter, but I'm teaching you something here that if you'll, if you'll obey me, the miracles are going to happen. And uh, under your own steam, you'll be frustrated and tired. And, and you know what? You think, why did they have to wash them nets after a, a night of catching nothing? But it was while they were washing nets, doing that job that they hated to do, that Jesus stepped right in and said, let's go out here and get a miracle. Sometimes when you're just doing everything that you're supposed to be doing, just hang on, but the, the miraculous is on the way. It's going to be there shortly. You know, I don't know why we got to go to prayer meeting one more time because this just might be the miracle. I don't know why we got to sing one more time. I don't know why we got to preach one more time because this just might be the time that God gives the miracle. I've been praying for this forever and ever. Okay, pray one more time. And if it don't happen then, pray another time. But you don't get weary in well-doing because he said if you don't, he said you will reap in due season. There's coming a time of the catch. You can throw them nets, nothing, nothing. But eventually there's going to be something. You can cast, cast and cast. Just reeling in, and all of a sudden there it is. You just got to keep working at it. You just got to keep doing it. But uh, for us in our life, that's, that's what I'm saying. You, we've just got to keep cleaning up and keep going, clean up and keep going. When you make a mistake, clean up and keep going. When you feel like you failed, clean up and keep going. That's what we do. That's what we do. Man, we grew up. I know when, when I first got in church, and man, it was, this must have been like the memory verse for every elder in the church. Abstain from the very appearance of evil. I mean, boy, they, they let you know. When you're out in that world, don't let your good be evil spoken for. Man, when you started dating, y'all, all these young couples listen up. When you started dating, that was like the party line for anybody that started dating. Now, you young folks, remember, don't let your good be evil spoken for. What they were saying is behave yourself. But they was telling you, mm, because we know what it's like to be a young boy and a young girl. And, and, and we know just because you love the Lord don't mean you ain't in your flesh. And so they would say, so abstain from the appearance of evil. And they say, I mean, that was, man, you'd be, I mean, when you got like a 75-year-old lady saying, 
you behave yourself. You, you're, you're yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. And, uh, but, they, what, but it wasn't because, you know, they didn't trust us. They, they said, well, you know, we, don't, it's, we love y'all. We, we believe in y'all, but you flesh. And we don't want to see you hurt your testimony. We don't want to see you hurt your ministry. And so wash the net. Wash that net. And, and so the, the, this washing nets, this is, it applies to our life. So why? Did they record? Because that's the, as far as I know, I, I didn't even look to see, but but I know I've read it there over and over again that they say they were washing their nets. Why, Lord? He wants us to know that, look, you've got to do every part of it to be an effective fisherman. And you may not, there's going to be some parts that you're excited about. Oh, I can't wait till I can get behind the pulpit, or I can't wait till I can get in the microphone, I can't wait till I can play, or I can sing, or I can teach, or I can, you know, and it's all this stuff, but, but. What about the stuff that, that ain't the highlight of the trip? Washing nets ain't the highlight of the trip. <laughs> you know, that's a, hey, you know what? When you, even when you take a trophy, if, you, if you're a hunter and you take a trophy, the highlight of the trip ain't field dressing. <laughs> that's the stinky stuff. And, and you got it all up on your arms and everywhere else. And, and oh, heaven forbid that you puncture that stomach while you're, or something like that. Now you got a mess, and, and it's you, there ain't no way to stay out of that stink. But it's oh, this was such a great trip. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awful. It, ain't nobody jumping up and down about that part. People's gagging and dying and all that stuff. It's you know we like when getting in there and holding that trophy up. Yeah. Ten minutes later, when you're trying to pull his intestines out. Ain't nobody looking at that. But it's got to be done. And, hey, skinning them, that ain't no fun. That's work. Hey, it's, it's all easy sitting in the tree pulling the trigger. Dragging them out. Especially if they run down in a deep gully. And you ain't got a four-wheeler. But you got a son. You can call and say, come down and help me get this thing out of the ditch. <laughs> Yeah, they run off in thick briars. There's a lot of stuff. It is ah, oh, but you do the stuff because that's part of it. And you then you then you go home and you clean your gun. You 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 wax that string on that bow. You put it up. You put it somewhere so nobody's stepping on it. And the kids not playing it like a guitar and tearing it up. You you take care of your stuff. And and that we take care of this life because this is what people see. Well, that's what you say. Okay, let's let's do this then. It's what you say. What what do you do to people that can't talk, but they serve the Lord? They can't talk. They ain't got no voice. Can't talk at all. Well, if words were the only thing we use, they I guess they out of luck. They can't be fishermen. But it's their life they live. It's the and it's the life that we live. It's it's what what people see us do, uh, not just what we say. Yeah, we need to we need to. Uh, talk to talk and walk to walk. It's it's got to be all of it. We we've got to do all of it. But but don't don't ever think well because people say oh they talk a good game. I don't want to just talk a good game. I want to live this life. I want somebody to see me living. Man, if if you knew where Jesus brought me from, woo! But I I'm not going to disrespect that. I, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to do my best. Now that don't mean I, I had never made a mistake. I've made plenty. Of them in 30 years serving the Lord. I have. But, but what I have found is this. 
is that the blood of Jesus will get your neck clean. Yeah. And his, his mercy and grace, it'll get your neck clean and it'll, it'll get you going on for the Lord. So uh, there ain't no reason to give up. You can quit it if you want to. But the Lord said, there ain't no reason to because I'm ready to, I'm, I'm ready to forgive you. I'm ready to help you. So uh, we got to be intentional about what we do. The, Lord, the scripture said, Paul wrote in Ephesians, he said, God uh, washed us with uh, washed us by water by the word so he could present us a glorious church he washed us already so we gotta do our best to stay clean but you know if you've got little kids you get them clean you know how mom and dads are we well, let's get them ready and then we'll get ready while you you get them cleaned up and ready hair combed everything like that and you go in there and start getting ready you come back they got chocolate on their face they got grass stains on their knees their hair's all Four different ways. They done went and changed shirt. Oh, no. But, you know, you just clean them right back up. So, come on, we got to go. And that's how the Lord's, I want, I want you to stay clean. But now, you know, but I'll clean you up again. But that, but there's some things that he gives, like repentance. God, okay, I'm sorry. That's not what you want of me, and that's not what I want to do. So, I want to turn myself back to you. Forgive me for what I've done. His word. If you've been in any service where I preached, you know how I am about the Word of God. I cannot express the importance of this enough. We are born again, the Scripture says, by the Word of God. We live by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth, and we are washed by the Word. Prayer keeps us kingdom-minded. That's why he said, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth. Well, you know what? This is an earthen vessel. Let your will be done in earth as it is in heaven. And, and so uh, this, that uh, prayer keeps us kingdom-minded. It washes us because in our prayers, Father, forgive me of my trespasses as I forgive others. And so it, it washes us once again. And then just, man, do your dead-level best to live godly. The Bible says uh, that godliness is profitable in this life and the life to come. Uh, exercise ourselves, it says, unto godliness. So let's do our best to live godly. Don't take a day off. Don't try to fit into the world. Just live for the Lord. And I know I'm, I'm running out of time, so I, I want to get ready to f finish up. Uh, you know, f very familiar scripture, First John two fifteen and se through seventeen. But he said, "Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world." See, we're we're not trying to to fit into the world world we're trying to win the world we're not trying to become the world we want to win the world and we can't win the world by being like them they got to see a difference so love not the world neither the things that are in the world if any man loves the world the love of the father is not in him for all that's in the world lust of the eyes lust of the flesh pride of life it's not of the father it's of the world that's things that get caught up in your net and the world passes away, and the lust thereof. But he that does the will of God abides forever. Washing that net is the will of God. Wash those nets. Matthew 16 and 26 said, Jesus said, And what would it profit a man if he gained the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? You know what that is? That's a net full of nothing. There ain't nothing in this world worth losing your soul over. There ain't nothing worth trading out what God gave you. If you uh, so he, he basically said, you gotta, if you're a fisherman, that's a big net of nothing right there. 
wash the nets. Wash the nets. Oh, I'm tired of just washing nets, washing this net. Well, as we read in our story, that's where Jesus found them. Washing nets. Washing nets had them in a place where they could be given a miracle. Even after working all night, they were still obedient. Can I tell you this? That all the work in the world cannot produce the miracle of obedience. All your skill, all, all, all the talent, all, all the hard work you can do, none of that can even touch just one act of obedience. Because when we're obedient, the, the Scripture says obedience is better than sacrifice. Uh, the Lord wants us to be obedient to His Word. As, as so many you study obedience out in the Scripture, and, and then you'll also be studying uh, the results of disobedience, and you'll find out, mm, I think I'll just do what the Lord said. Because there were some very dire consequences for those who disobeyed in Scripture. So we've got to keep on working for the Lord. Keep on working through the night, whatever it is. Keep on washing those nets because the miracle's on the way. But, but we can't get weary in well doing. We've got to wash those nets. So let's stand together, honey, if you'll come to the music tonight. And uh, we'll. You know, Wednesday nights, man, that's just a lot of times Wednesday night is where the rubber meets the road. It's just this is how we, this is how we live this life. I love teaching. I love looking at what the scripture says. You know, mo you know, as men, people say, man, you know, men never read instructions. I read instructions. <laughs> I read instructions. I might, I might try to put a shelf together without them, but I ain't going to try to live this life without them. I'm gonna, I'm, I want the instructions because, man, they work every time. They just work every time. So, Tonight, you know, maybe, maybe you feel like I need to wash my nets. I've, I've gone a little bit. I've, I've, I've drudged up some stuff in this day to day, and I think it's time for me to visit the Lord and get these nets clean again. And and sometimes they might even get a little tear in them. But He said you can mend that net, and it'll still work. So while she's playing tonight. I'll just give you an altar call, give you an opportunity to come. If you would like to, come find a place in the altar tonight. And just kneel and pray and ask the Lord to show you. Lord, is there any place that needs mending? Is there anything I need washed? Whatever it is, God, tonight, just I want to leave here with my nets clean.